welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 9, titled Restworld. My name is Joe Batant, and I am joined, as always, by one tantalizing co-host. From the Patreon side of the show, please say... Your country breakfast is ready. <laughs> to Evan Ayers. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. What? I, I was so worried you were going to use the clip from that where he goes oh you ain't miss you don't miss no meals did you no but i was personally surprised at that one hi hello how are you i am so good i'm great yeah you're in a good mood today because this episode was so good i'm like we just like it ended like 10 minutes ago i'm still on like a a happy high so i'm great we'll get to that when we do a general sort of yeah. rundown of the show but like i'm very curious as to like i thought the episode was fine i'm very curious to hear but we'll get to it Okay. Why you thought it was a great episode. But let me tell you something, Evan. Uh, this past weekend, I went over to Drag Can. Drag, <laughs> yeah, congratulations drag... are not getting blown up. Yeah. Dra- oh, that's right. That's right. Tyra said, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something. When I was walking in, there were all these bomb-sniffing dogs there. Oh, um, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to this Drag Can. I wanted to tell you all about it. Please do. Okay. So I you can g- wait. So, you know, I went into the workroom. Okay, well, first, you know, I get there. I was, a, I was there as a member of the press. I'm a member of the press, Evan. I don't know if you know this. And I had a little hat nice. that said press in it and everything like that. And uh, like an old-timey hat. And I carried a typewriter with me. It was, it was oh, really weird. Very, and then very impressive. There were a ton of people there. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been to these drag cans all, uh, all but the first one. Okay, I didn't go to the very first one. But numbers two and three, I have been to. And this was number four. Okay? And... I don't know what they did this year, but they really stepped their pussies up this year in terms of the organization. Because other years, I'm not even lying, I used to think to myself, like, oh, God, the people who come to this drag can are getting so ripped off. Okay. I'm saying I'm going to laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, we should clarify, because you know what? We will get emails <laughs> that I am mimicking when Monique Hart on Snatch Game as, um, what's the name of that congresswoman? Uh, Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. She called it drag can. Okay, <laughs> so I know how to say it. And I know it's drag con. Okay, but it's for here on out for all all purposes to us. It is now drag can. So yeah, drag, drag can's can. pussy was stepped up. Yes, it was. It was now officially a con uh, because they brought in a company that knows how to run uh, conventions. Uh, because it used to be like when you went to the old uh, drag cans, like. The fucking people would fucking smelled like people. There was no organization. There would literally be, it would be the hallways packed, packed, packed with people. Like, like, like you couldn't move. Even in front of the press room, like you couldn't move because it was packed with people. The panels wouldn't start on time. They wouldn't end on time. There was no orderly line. It would just be people rushing into the chairs and they wouldn't leave. It was awful. And it was like, I'm not even joking. It'd be people just sitting on the floor. And it was, ugh. it was like, ugh. It was, it was like, a, 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 like a refugee processing center. It really felt like that, right? Yeah. This like year, they, were, like they, they weren't st- expecting, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It's like so. It sounds like for the first couple of years, they just weren't expecting the turnout to be as big as it was. Yeah, and I think that they didn't put the money in. I think they thought, oh, well, how hard could it be to run a con? And, and clearly, they found out for the first three years that it's actually pretty hard, and you got to put some money in it. So they were in a bigger, they were in the same venue but a bigger hall of mm-hmm. the convention center, and actually the biggest hall. And um, you know, I I was actually there this year for the ribbon cutting ceremony. Did you watch any of my Instagram live videos? By the way, if you missed it, if you missed all, like I did, like several like half hour instagram live episodes right and 
if you don't follow us on Instagram at Drag Race Recap, you're missing out because you missed all these Instagram stories that I did from Dragcan. But you can still go there and see like what we're going to talk about. I went to the actual workroom. They had the work with a workroom there. But did you watch any of these Instagram live videos, Evan? I watched um, bits and pieces because it was throughout the entire day, and I had you know I had my brother visiting, and I was outside a lot of it. But I would like pop in when I could. So I saw mm-hmm. a tiny bit of the ribbon cutting. I saw mostly you in the the press room, but not. I have not. I want to sit down and actually watch them in their entirety. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit them, and actually, you know, I'm gonna put that over on Patreon. Once I edit the videos together, I'm gonna put like the edited videos on Patreon for our Patreon subscribers to who missed the Instagram story or anything to watch those videos from Dragcan. So anyway, we get in there and I, you know, I, as a member of the press, I got to go in the hour early with the VIP. So we watched the ribbon cutting ceremony. And I'm going to tell you something again, if not to promote Dragcan, but you it now, since they've gotten their pussies, uh, they've, they've stepped their pussies up. You have to, you have to buy VIP. I think it's essential that you buy VIP because that extra hour that you're in there early, you can get so much shit done. Okay. So like, for instance, you know, everybody, most of the VIPs that were there, they, like these are people who bought VIP packages. Okay. People who bought the VIP packages, they were going and they were, they were going to their favorite drag queen and getting in line early. Like for instance, the day I was there, Bianca was already signing books at 9 a.m. And so they were going, they were rushing to get their book signed by Bianca before the crowds came in. Or they'd go stand in line for Trixie or Alyssa, you know, and get their VIP moments with them. You know, it wasn't right. as crowded. I am no dummy. I don't care about I don't need I don't need to meet this Alyssa and Trixie. You know what I did? I went, I, I did a beeline straight for the workroom. I wanted to see this workroom. And Evan, I was in there for a very long time. I'm going to tell you, for a large portion of it, I was alone in the workroom. Wow. I was alone in the workroom. I got to see the workroom. I'm going to definitely post a video of me in the workroom up on Patreon. ASAP. That means as soon as possible. And um, and then, you know, on Instagram Live, I also, you know, went around there. I, 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 I was very close and t- like I shared an elevator with Alexis Mateo. I shared an elevator with James St. James. I saw a lot of the drag queens. I would be passing them in the hallway because the press room was literally on the opposite side of the hallway from where the queens got changed and dressed. I went, I sat in on two panels. I sat on the Jasmine Masters class and I also sat in on the... Um, uh, fashion photo review. Fashion photo review. Thank you. And then because I was pressed, they would they would escort me to the front where they had oh, reserved yeah. seats for me. Oh yeah, it was amazing. So I watched I watched the video of fashion photo review. I was looking for your the back of your head and I couldn't oh, find you, you. Oh, you couldn't see me. They had yeah. I would I'm, I would be on their their left in the front. Okay. Yeah, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm right. The camera was the camera. I think was mostly to their right. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So um, maybe you'll see me in jazz and masters class or something. So anyway, so. Um, so before then, then I, you know, I had a run in with your boyfriend, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. <gasps> Jeffrey, oh, Boyer. How yeah, I was I? walking from the press, you know, the, the, the VIP, no, the, not the VIP, I shouldn't say that, actually, it's important to the story. From like the area that there was like a security guard who blocked the way where the press and the drag queens were. Mm-hmm. And I was going to the floor from there and um, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was there with his crew. And they were trying to get in. He goes, and he's telling the security guard, he goes like, yeah, but I'm VIP. And the security guard's like, sir, VIP does not go up here. VIP gets somewhere else. And he's like, 
All right, guys. Um, I guess, you know, sorry that we couldn't make it happen so you can meet some of the drag queens. And then I go, I realized the mistake. So I go, listen, Jeffrey. Hey, listen, you're saying it wrong. Don't say you're VIP. It's your talent or you're on the panel. VIP is a package that they sell at World of Wonder. So he thinks that you are in that VIP package. You got to tell the security guard this. So he goes, oh, my God. He like did that. He put his hands in a prayer position and bowed. Said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And and then he, well, he got to go upstairs with his friend. But I'm going to tell you something. He is so fucking cute in real life. Evan. What would you oh. do if you met this Jeffrey Boyer Chapman? I would be very nervous. He's would so, you really? He's, he's just so pretty. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. Um, but yeah, he's he tweeted at me once, and I like almost fainted. You've had some of these famous drag race people like tweet at you. Who has been the one that affected you the most? Um, of drag race people, I think there was one that uh, Trixie and Katya like both liked. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had someone tweet like I don't think someone, well, except for Jeffrey, anyone from the show has really. Uh, Jinx tweeted at me once. And that was kind of cool. I'm also mm-hmm. just like an annoying troll. And I'll just like say silly things and kind of in hope of getting a response. So it's mm-hmm. validating when maybe two out of the ten cha- like tries will get someone's attention. I don't know if you know this, but do you know that Mother retweeted me once? Oh, yeah, that's right. Wasn't that... Oh, what? It was something Trump related, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, there was some... I, I don't remember when it was, but Trump had a meeting and all the cabinet secretaries had to go around the room and tell him how amazing he was. And so I took a picture of it and I substituted, you're perfect, you're beautiful, you look like Linda <laughs> Evangelista right. around the room. And she retweeted like three times. Like once, and then she did on some other, her Instagram account. And she like, and she was like, this, this, this. It, it, and I was like, oh, girl, yes. It, I remember when, on my, when my phone had that notification. I was like, what is it? And I looked at it. It's one of the, it's probably the same thing happened with you with Trixie and Katya, where I was like, this can't be real. Yeah. Right? There's said RuPaul retweeted and then RuPaul liked. And I was like, this can't be real. This is not real. So let me ask you this. Do you have any questions about Drag Can? Is there anything I missed? I know I just gave the quickest review of it, you know, but is there anything, mm. is there anything I should have mentioned right now? Because I've told uh, you, I've bored you with all my details. Is there, is there anything like, you know, Joe, you were telling me this and you should tell everyone this. Um, The only thing, uh, question i would have for you was mm-hmm. what's one thing that like what would what, one thing that you would improve for next year because i'm really considering going to the one in new york well you know i've already told sirius xm radio entertainment weekly radio host larry flick that i plan on going to the one in new york so uh you and i will get to actually go would, would you go with me to try cam oh hondo p really yeah absolutely I, it's i mean it's just as e- it would be just as easy for me to go to the one in New York as, as the one for you to, in L.A. I would love to go now, knowing that it's worth it. Wait, um, no, it's not. It's just like it was literally a half hour drive for me from here. Well, I can just hop on the train. It's like really oh. easy to get to New York, friends. So just figured it's not like it's in like you know Mississippi or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a very easy mm-hmm. commute. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, no, I mean I feel like we've. We've exhausted. It's, it's good to know that it was worth it. I would be curious. Actually, I do want to have one question. What was yeah. the general feel of people? Because there is there was this whole debate about um, queens who used that fast pass mm-hmm. versus queens who didn't. Was there like a noticeable difference? Could you tell in people's experiences that purchased that or versus just went with the flow? 
Not that I could tell, but you know, I it wasn't important to me to uh, yeah, you weren't meet the queen. Them. So I was sort of ambivalent towards. There was a part where you know, I know you wanted some merch from Vanessa Vanji Mateo. And so um, I was, unfortunately, I think because Vanessa's not as experienced with Dragcan as other queens, I feel like, like, for instance, the queens who've been to Dragcan multiple times, like Trixie, Alyssa, Valentina, they knew the smart thing to do is to um, separate your merch table from where people want the meet and greet table, like line. Because that way, because there might be people who want to buy your merch, but aren't necessarily into meeting you. You're you're basically losing money, you know? So Vanessa Vanjie Mateo didn't have that set up. Like, her her merch table was where when you you had to stand in line if you were meeting her. And And, uh, her line was probably crazy. It was, her line was crazy, so I couldn't buy you the merch. Um... So, but, but she also had a fast pass line and those, but that was still a line. You were, you just, your line just wasn't as long. And I think people were getting kind of mad because it was preventing the line from moving. I would be surprised if Queens did it again. I think, and I, you know, I, I heard a rumor. I don't want to say where I heard this rumor from, but I heard a rumor that actually the fast passes were not selling that well. And so by the end of the week, for some, I'm sure for like Trixie and for some people who had the fast pass, it worked. But like there were a lot of queens who offered the fast pass. Cause I think Yuha Hamasaki had a fast pass, but like, girl, there was no line for Yuha, right? <laughs> and so like people were like doing fire sales. They thought they were gonna have like all this like money from the fast passes, so they were like trying to like make up the money that they were losing. Well- so the concept, of a, the concept of a fast pass sounds good for like a Disney like ride, but not for a thing where you're still only able to you can only be with one person at a time. So like, how fast can it really be? Yes, that's a good example. But also in a Disney ride, it's a ride that keeps moving, you know. And right. also with Disney, they have a way of they have a system which I don't think that these Quins have that system down. So I don't know how they really did it. Does that make sense? So like a Disney. When you have the fast passes, like, I don't know what the exact number is, but you can tell that there's like a, for every, you know, uh, four fast pass people, we let one regular person on or something like that, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I don't know if they have that system down. Any other questions about drag can? Um, no, I think I'm good. I'm glad you had a good experience and I can't wait to watch the videos. Every, everything good with you. Is there anything we're missing? Do you, want, do you want to address, you know, one of the most emailed about <laughs> moments ever in the history of the show was that last week you thought that Cher sang the Dean Martin hit, That's Amore. Now, I, let, now I, actually, I actually kind of want to defend you, okay? So let's actually play a little bit of That's Amore, just a little bit, right? Because okay. this is important to the story. I messed up my plane. Here we go. Okay, so you, so there's this sound right here, right? And so, okay, I'm gonna stop it right there. Okay, right here, stop right here. Okay, okay, so there's that. So that we we didn't hear that, and then I want to play this for you. Okay, here we go, um, because I'm gonna defend you a little bit. Here is. Um, Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down by Cher. Cher's version take on that song. You ready? Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think they're that different. Not that you were, not that you were savvy enough to to, to know the difference. You know. Yeah. Okay. Now that now that we're gonna hear Cher right now. Here's here's Cher singing "Bang Bang." He shot me down. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black okay. and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang bang. bang. He shot me down. Bang bang. I hit the ground, bang, bang That awful sound, bang, bang My baby shot me down Okay, so there's that Now let's go back to That's Amore, right? Okay So at a certain point with That's Amore Let me move, let me move it over When the moon hits you your eye Like a big pizza pie That's Amore <laughs> So do you want to address this? So I do. I after some personal therapy, um, I did not. If in my in my defense, whenever we do these things, this the when we were playing these songs, it was in relation to the song that they were basing the share like the rusical number based off of. That makes mm-hmm. any sense? Yeah. And I and I made it very clear that I I mean I like share a lot, but I. I couldn't tell you like a lot of her repertoire. Like I've known she's covered Bang Bang. I know like her big songs, and so it would not have surprised me if this was Cher at one point. She's also gone through so many phases. So but wait, but listen to this voice. I know it doesn't sound like her. It does not at all. But when I'm in like in that moment, I was like, oh my god, either I am going to get yelled at for not knowing this huge Cher song, or I'm not going to pick up on that it's not really Cher, and I'm going to mm-hmm. get you know made fun of and obviously the latter happened totally deserved people thought it was funny um i will never be able to hear that song again and not have a little bit of trauma but um you know you live and learn you know people were singing that's a moron when you were singing oh um, were singing I, that, that's a moron maury hundo p i will take that what did, what did right. Ruth say to Cracker this week? <laughs> oh, you're gonna. Oh, we're gonna. We're oh. gonna get to that. But Girl. this week, the vac, the vic, the vaccine. The, this <laughs> the week, the vaccination. This week, the vixen <laughs> misspells triumph, and the girls have to match underwear on male models for the maxi challenge. The girls had to act in a Westworld parody and walk the runway in their best old lady couture. On the main stage, Asia O'Hara was named the winner of the challenge, while Eureka and Cameron were forced to do battle in a lip sync battle for their lives. I just repeated a word there. In the end. Both were told, Shantae, you stay, and both live to see another day. Evan, name two things you liked about the episode, and one thing you did not. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk later about how much I, in general, just adored this episode. But mm-hmm. to keep it sweet and simple, I loved the main cha- the maxi challenge, conceptually, mm-hmm. but also I thought it was very funny. And there were parts during rehearsal and actually in the, the final product that I was sitting alone in my apartment laughing out loud, like, big time. Um, lip sync was probably the best lip sync of the season so far. And I got me like very excited. I thought it was a great lip sync. And the only thing that I really didn't like, and this is a very like, it's a half, you know, dislike because I really did enjoy this, was I didn't like the way some of those boys' butts looked in those. In <gasps> That's those, a good those, point. That was not a good like, commercial for the underwear. You're right. That's a very not, good point. Because a lot of them didn't need it. And it just looked like some of them had like a diaper on almost. Yeah. Like it did, they didn't like form to like their, but I'm. <laughs> Look at me sitting at home on a Thursday night critiquing, you know, these like gorgeous models. But, like, um, it, 
I would beg to differ on some of them. Some of them okay. kind of had busted faces. Well, that's why that's why they were they were modeling their butts then. But yeah, some of them it worked. Like for like some of like the like that Bryce or some of the skinny white boys, like it worked for them. But for some of them, again, it just it didn't shape properly, and it didn't. I'm sure maybe it would do them like favors if they had pants on. But just mm-hmm. looking at it like in HD, uh, it looks like they had a had a little extra in the back there. Yeah, you're right. There. there was there was something weird about the way the underwear like it didn't it didn't really highlight the butts very well. You're right. That is a very very good point. Um, let me tell you what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, I loved the lip sync. Oh. You know, I thought it was so good. Like when, like I rarely laugh out loud, right? Mm-hmm. And when when Eureka did those kicks down the high kicks down the runway, I was laughing out loud, and I was alone. I her rarely doctor was so stressed. <laughs> her doctor, her knees. Oh, so, um, and uh, I would I was laughing out loud, and then, and then when she was like spinning around on the stage on her on her poo nanny, oh my god, that was <laughs> so funny. I lived for that, and you know, Cracker did a I'm not Cameron, Cameron did a really good job with the lip sync too. I thought they both did a really good job. I think it was a a worthy Shantae. You both stay, okay. 100%. Then I also loved there were some really nice. Um, like uh, uh, callbacks to moments, like uh, it wasn't worth pulling, but Cracker made an American Beauty reference. Um, when she was fucking up on the um, on the on the during the re- the the filming, she said to herself, "You're gonna sell this house today." That's from American oh, Beauty. Okay, so that was a great reference. But then, but the the reference that I lived for on this episode, can you call it? Um. I'm trying to think. There. I mean, there are just so many. I, when yeah. Eureka, when she realized she was told Shantae you stay, and uh, she told you RuPaul, me, you got me, gal. I was like, oh, yes. For those of you who don't remember, in All Stars 2, when Ginger was sent home, for some bizarre reason that seemed to make sense to Ginger, when she was leaving, the line she said was, you got me, gal. Yeah. And then Detox did that crazy laugh. That's my favorite, one of my favorite moments of All Stars 2, that laugh that Detox throws out yeah is that a reference to some there's is there's no like movie reference that she just said they got me gal i feel ginger has talked about this and i'm sure we'll get emails when i don't know um but i feel she's talked about that reference i think there is some sort of context to it i sort of i don't remember i don't want to say anything because i'll sound like an idiot if i just guess but but eureka like eureka being in that stressful situation and being able to pull the you got me gal that was very good. That was very good. And I was like, you go, bitch. That was like, it, I had two other favorite moments and I crossed them out after the lip sync. Like, I don't even wow. know what they were when even were 14. But what I didn't like, I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't like the sketch. It seemed like you liked it. I liked it for, I mean, we'll talk about it, but I, I did enjoy it. Yes. I didn't really like the sketch. And uh, what what would be my most least what would be my least favorite part of the sketch? Yours would have been um, Cameron's like little spiel at the end. No, it was the fucking references to how good the food at this hamburger. Oh wait, is. wait, wait! Oh God, fuck! I have that written down. I forgot about that. <laughs> and when he was eating those, che- and I was like, Who, I I have to go back to this because you. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that the food at Hamburger Mary's is disgusting, okay? I'm just saying 
no one, no one in their right mind would, would crave food from Hamburger Mary's. Here's the deal. I don't think anyone would ever crave food from a gay bar in general. I, you know, Evan and I, Evan's coming out to Los Angeles. And on the Thursday that he's here, we want to watch the episode and be able to still do a recap show for you. And so we found out that they're and I think it'd be fun to see it at a bar with Evan. So one of the most famous gay bars in the world is the Abbey in West Hollywood. And it turns out they air the episode on the East Coast feed. So at 5 p.m. they have like these happy hour specials and they show the episode. And so Evan and I, I want to go. But I saw when I went to go check out what time they air the episode, I saw that the Abbey says Uber Eats on it. Now, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. Here's shocking information. The food at the Abbey is actually really good. I'm a, like, yeah, the Hamburger Mary's food is just like a fucking Chili's. But the food at the Abbey is actually quite good. It's very, very good. Still, that said, Evan, I would never, ever, ever, ever go on. You know what I want from Uber Eats right now? Yeah, the Abbey. Eats, yeah, that's like McDonald's. Yeah, it's McDonald's, Chipotle, uh, Jack in the Box, Carl's Jr., Del Taco. These are all California chains now. But like, yeah, you, that's what you get from Uber Eats. You don't get this fucking the Abbey. Like, oh, I, you know what I need right now? A twenty-five dollar uh, uh, canapé uh, tray. Yeah, that's not. I don't I'm even sure know what I just do. said. Yeah, I need a shrimp wontons, a fifteen dollar two little shrimp wontons or egg rolls that have like a sliced avocado and some sort of like uh, a relish on it. I need that from Uber Eats. I need that piece of shit from Uber. And I like when you're there and you're having the drink handed to you by a guy with a fucking uh, eight pack, you know, and uh, you know, and you, and you buy like a forty dollar drink there. You know, the fucking drinks are super expensive at the Abbey. Can you order? A, can you order the the drinks via Uber Eats? Because I'd do that in a heartbeat. Well, I know because you're an alcoholic. Um, all right. After the vixen's elimination, the girls return to the workroom and try to decipher the vixen's lipstick mirror message. As Asia wipes away the lipstick, the girls pour one out for the vixen before heading over to the couches to decompress. While the girls evaluate their performances, Cameron doesn't want anyone to know that she wants to win a challenge. So stupid. Aquaria doesn't think she was in the bottom three, and also Aquaria revealed her big plans for the competition. I want to win. I'm not here so I can go home like the rest of everyone has. I'm absolutely here to win, and I want all of you to go home. Well, I don't really want anyone to go home. I want enough of you to go home so I make the top three. If you don't say that, you're crazy. I'm confident enough to say that I want to. Think it's a matter of, but I think you might be a little confused because it's not a matter of confidence. I just think it's a matter of sportsmanlike conduct. Well, I'm sorry if I've come off unsportsmanlike. The next day, the girls enter the workroom ready for the day's challenge. Aquaria swears she's funny and admits she has no idea who Michigan J Frog is. Evan, who's Michigan J Frog? It's the frog from the WB, right? No, it's not. Is his name Michigan? I, I, I just asked you. I'm not going to tell you the answer. You have to tell me who Michigan J. Frog is. I, I mean, I don't know if that's his name, but when Crackers was re- comparing her to the, the frog on the WB, like I knew exactly who that char- that character is. Okay. Uh, do you know? Do you know? Because I know the WB had that frog, but do you know the? Have you ever seen the the animated little short with that frog and where that story is behind the frog? Like what, no. Like the, why? Do you know why they were calling Aquaria Michigan J. Frog? 
Yes, because it's, it's a, that thing where like we're in, everyone's watching it. It like doesn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Can, That's the joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? Props to you, Mama. Thanks. All right. I had no idea who Michigan J. Frog is before RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Now, ladies, for today's mini challenge, we're playing a game of pants down, bottoms up. First, you tell one of these studs to drop trowel, and he'll flash his rounder bum underwear. <laughs> then you need to find the matching pair. In the end, the queen that makes the most matches with the fewest tries wins. All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on everything we just talked about on the on the, the after the elimination, the discussion, the mini challenge, any thoughts you want to share here? Um, I thought it was interesting that the Vixen's message was like so potent like did did we ever figure out what she meant by that? Cuz I feel like I thought it was intended to be shade, excuse me. I thought mm-hmm. it was intended to be shade towards Eureka still like that literally leaving in character for her. Um, that was a bummer. And in Aquarius' defense for not thinking that she was in the bottom three, there that joke where, like, you remember on Untuck last week when she had those things in her eyes and she's, like, mm-hmm. talking to people, but they're, like, not in the general area that she's facing? Mm-hmm. She probably didn't know she was in the bottom three because she couldn't see shit. So, I don't know. I'm not, like, obsessed with her, like, random... She feel like Aquaria is, like, so likable this season compared to what we've expected her to be. Mm-hmm. And then she has these little moments where she's just, like, kind of a douche. Like by I think things. it's when she's tired. I'm, I'm yeah. What they're probably what on hour like fifteen or sixteen at this point. Yeah, yeah. And they're making so, a film. She she's tired, so you can say that. Oh, you could you can go a couple ways. You can say she's cranky because she's so tired, and I'm sure it's just uncomfortable to be in that outfit. But you could also say like, oh, well, when she's tired, her her real self comes out. You True. Know? And so you, you can make either argument. Um, I love that it was like. Cameron was like, Eureka goes like, well, I know you really wanted to win that share challenge. And Eureka, and Cameron was like, that was a secret, Eureka. I'm like, it was a secret that you're on a drag queen competition and you wanted to win a challenge? Bitch, I have news for you. They all wanted to win the challenge. Don't tell anyone, but yeah. I'm here to slay. Yeah. Shh. Actually, come a, on, girl. It's a big secret. You can't yeah. use a big secret. I want to win the competition. Shh. Yeah, like, come on, honey. I mean, good for her for being humble, but yeah, that's uh, when you're when you like slay a challenge and you come back and like, well, like just own it. Own, own well, it you know, I was able to watch Untucked this week, and I think we can talk a lot. I can't. There's, yes. there, we're starting to learn more about Cameron. This, and I think you really, I think Untucked is required watching this week for it's it, it's not super interesting, but we got to see big insight into car- to uh, Cameron's neuroses here. Very much the calls coming from inside the house there. Yeah. So now, so do you have nothing else to say about the mini challenge? Uh, you have nothing to say about anything else in this uh, um, in this segment. The only thing I'd say about the mini challenge was I always love these like silly challenges where they first bring in a bunch of like models or dancers, and mm-hmm. then I love watching when the, when the queens first start like their term. It's always interesting, or to me at least, when the first person that they go for, you, in my mind, I'm like okay, so that's that's Cracker's type. Cracker likes like dark skinned people with like tattoos. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Aquarius went for, like, you know, I mean, like, the, the body type of the model they pick. Because I know if yeah. I was doing that, I would go I would go right for the one I wanted to bone. So, oh, I wonder what, what like, there were a couple that I was very into. I wonder if we, we, we'd have to watch it together, but I wonder if we would match. Yeah. That's. But there were some yeah. that I was like, oh, like the one with the stringy long hair. 
Oh, I didn't mind him. Oh, really? I mean, I, I, I yeah, whatever. I mean, it's that's that's some that's some target audiences like you know appeal. So mm-hmm. he's a lot more interesting or memorable than like the redheaded Bryce on the picture. No, Bryce. No, Bryce. I don't get that one. I don't get that at all. Um, you know, I you know what's weird? I think it was last week when we were. Cause I said that um, last week's mini challenge is one of the greatest of all time, which I still stand by. But I think I also said I like the mini challenges where the boys come in in their briefs and they have to play some sort of game with them. And you got your you got they heard you. Yeah, it's weird. They heard me. They they must have been like, Joe, Joe, Joe knows what's going on. Yes, Evan, what were you going to say? I do have one other question. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that Aquaria, when Mm -hmm. she came out, she immediately said, I'd like to see what 16 and eight or something. Mm -hmm. And that those two were obviously a match. And I'm not saying it was, like, fixed, but do you think they told her because they wanted her to, like, do you think this is a, p- a potential way they, like, the producers might manipulate contestants, like, out, like, they don't essentially rig the competition, but they say, like, all right, make sure that you pick these two and these two first so you'll get more points because they wanted Aquaria to be the one. No, no, this is, when, okay, when, okay, no. It, it was weird it that that happened, and they showed it, too. Yeah, I don't think it's rigamorous in that way this has come up before on maybe gosh season seven or season eight we had a big conspiracy theory about this i feel the rigamorous wouldn't necessarily be they tell her if you think about it each queen is there alone so the only people who know how they performed would be the people in the room you know so what they could do is like it could be like and this is in, in an editing way is let's say when Aquaria first came in, she said um, eight and ten, and then she saw they didn't match, and then she said twelve and sixteen, and then that didn't match. But she noticed that eight and sixteen had the same underwear, so then she goes oh. eight and sixteen, and then it matches, and then they can cut out that other stuff, and they just make it look like she just came in and said eight and sixteen. You right, you right. Okay, so they they can make they can make whoever they want to win in editing. Because even knowing, you don't know how anybody else did. Like, you really don't know. Like, they just show you little highlights from it. You know? They're not giving, they're not like a scoreboard. No. So, okay, can we close the book on that chapter? Yep. All right, here we go. Aquaria was named the winner of the challenge before RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge. This week, you need to use your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to chew up the scenery as we transport you to a magical world run by drag queen robots. You'll be starring in the new, edgy, slightly confusing premium cable TV drama. As the winner of the mini-challenge, Aquaria was allowed to assign the roles, and in an effort to be a team player, Aquaria accidentally shot herself in the foot. Well, girl, watch, I probably just done f***ed myself over. I up! I done gave myself the worst part in the entire script, hands down. All these things I'm highlighting better be funny because they're few and far between, and I don't... I realize that. I'm the Joan of Arc of this challenge. I'm a martyr to Breastworld. You know, we have a discussion point here, but there's not much to discuss. I'm going to move on. 
All right. Okay. All right. During the table visits with Rue, Aquaria wonders whether she can stand out. Monet needs to wear a big wig to balance her big ass. Eureka needs to step it up. Cameron needs to join the show. Asia tears up, and RuPaul gives some great advice to Evan. I mean, Ms. Cracker. What I've noticed is that it feels like you've prepared in your head, but it's not in sync with what's actually happening in the room at the time. You have a sort of, kind of a canned comeback. It feels like you're having a conversation in your own head. Yeah. And you use your cleverness as a way to keep people from coming any closer. Yeah. Sometimes it's the most clever thing to do is to just be human. Vulnerability is power. Now, now, Evan, um, let's talk about this here. First, before we get to this segment, um, what did you think about Aquaria assigning the roles and then accidentally giving herself a very, very tiny role? And did you have any thoughts on that? Did you have any thoughts also on uh, on the challenge itself, on the maxi challenge? Just the concept um, of it. No, like, no crazy thoughts. I really enjoyed how, how like elaborate Asia went in with the Nicole Kidman or whatever reference, unless mm-hmm. like they kind of explain why they picked it gave me it gave me insight as a viewer because mm-hmm. i was we you know when, when you hear oh i didn't know this would this role would be this way blah blah, blah. but explaining that they just went off like the descriptions versus the actual content mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean whenever they have these bits where someone's like oh, i fucked myself over blah blah, blah shit like mm-hmm. you can tell they're either setting themselves up to usually do very well so i wasn't too worried for i was more worried for the people who were more confident in what they got all right. Now, what did you think of the concept of the challenge? We'll we'll get to the actual challenge. Trust me. Yeah. But what did you think of the actual just concept of an acting challenge? Are you a fan of acting challenges or? I'm a fan of them now that season seven is further far enough in the rearview mirror where we like only exclusively had acting challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them when when most of the queens deliver, um, which this time they did. So. I would say some of my favorite challenges from Drag Race actually have been acting challenges. I, like, Ruko's Empire from season eight was so good, I thought. Great one. Yeah. Great challenge. Season nine, um, the 90210, I thought was a really strong challenge. Mm-hmm. So, typically, again, I think it just has to be the right right content and the right queens. I've never seen Westworld. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the, the storyline. But, I mean, again, this show, there is no limit to what they can do with this. So, I liked it. Now, let me ask you this question, because this was an acting job with a lot of words to it and little dumb jokes. How do you think, because you often see this at a bar, you, you used to, um, how do you think this, epi- this this episode played in the bar with that moment with the... Well, you know what, let's get, when we, when we get to the breast world, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, um, you're right, you know... This show has a habit of telegraphing things very, very obviously. So when Aquaria was like, I don't know about you, but I just fucked up because I didn't... She has a weird accent that she has. Um, Oh, my God. It sounds like she... It's like... It's not like marbles in her mouth, but it sounds like... Like, you know what it really sounds like? Oh, we can't talk about sex in this show anymore. Okay. It sounds like she has a mouthful of jello. And she doesn't know where to spit the jello. Right? And so... um, there's something like that, like a little bit of jello in her mouth, and she's just like, I don't know what I just did, but I just, you know, didn't give myself. She's like a weird southern, I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, that when you saw that, you're like, oh, she's gonna slay it. You just knew. 
Um, I'm not a fan generally. Most of the time, I'm not a fan of the when it's an acting challenge like this, where it's like a movie send up. Um, I'm not a fan of them. I generally don't think they're very good. The the writing is like, but maybe it works really well in a bar. Like maybe in a bar, people are just like, "Yes, bitch, slay the house down boots." You know, they tend to. Yeah, and like think it's so funny when they make these super obvious jokes, like parasailing. You know. Right. So, um, all right, somewhere, somewhere, some poor like beginner drag queen that has been sitting on parasailing as their name for years. Yeah, is like throwing their their fuck in the air. Damn. All right, so let's get to the moment we want to talk about. Okay. When the moment I saw RuPaul talk to Cracker and give that advice, I was like, is RuPaul listening into the conversations I have with you about this show? Let me tell you something. Yeah. If I may. Yeah. So while I watch the show, I have the notes app up on my phone. I'm just, I just like write little things as the thing goes. And it's usually just a stream of consciousness. Yeah. I swear to God, I'll send you that if, for confirmation. For this bit, I have Cracker gets in her head too much. She needs to stop worrying. Self-doubt and vulnerability is power. I am Cracker. Self-doubt is my thing. Relatable. Yikes. Yeah, so, so, let's, so let's get into this. What what, <laughs> what, 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 were, what were your thoughts here during, um, you know, during when, yeah. when, when RuPaul was giving this advice? Because like, you do get, you know, just to give a little oh, bit, peek behind the curtain, like, you do get in your head. What were you thinking here? What, 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 so, were, your, what were your thoughts? So I have this weird thing with Cracker because I, she does these review with the Jew things. Yeah. And because of them, I, I look forward to those as much as I look forward to, like, the weekly episodes. Mm-hmm. So I think because of them, I feel like I know Cracker better than the other queens. Mm-hmm. And so from watching her reviews, like, the way she talks about, you know, like, not owning her, not... Totally owning her, you know, strengths versus weaknesses or kind of getting her in her head too much and thinking, overthinking things when she really just needs to let it happen. Totally relate to that, at least when I'm doing this with you. Um, and like, you want to root for her and you want her to do well, but she still couldn't get out of her head this week. And so I was like, very, I was very stressed for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as I know you don't like love like the Rue, you know, therapy moments i think her statement about vulnerability being power was very you know that was a good that was a good one so i don't know no no you're right when no you're actually wrong actually i think actually you know one of the original uh two things i liked about the episode that i had was i felt oh that's your music um I feel that Rue's uh, table visits were really, really, really on this week with every single one of the queens. I felt maybe because there were fewer of them and she was in a good mood that day, but I felt she was very present, which she isn't usually that present, and was really trying to get to know them and was really actually trying. A lot of times when you think about the table visits, she's often like throwing shade a little bit and like, okay, we want to do that. That's fine. You know, but this time, how come you haven't won any challenges? Like, <laughs> now you know you have, but but she but she was actually every single queen got some very valuable advice from RuPaul. I mean, she made Asia cry, uh, yeah. and even yeah, she told Monet she hadn't won any challenge. But I think actually has Cracker won a challenge? Cracker is not. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel. That's also how I feel. I relate to her. I've, it's, I feel like my challenges are these episodes, and I. I've never won one yet, and I really want to. Yeah, well, you've won the hearts of at least the Patreon supporters. I don't know how, how 
everyone else feels about you. I love you, though. Now, doesn't that, isn't that something, Evan? I love you. I Thank you. I would love me, too. Evan, I love you, too. Uh, now that's obligatory. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I, I felt Rue was very, very present this episode. And yes. gave great, I, I had it written down, gave great table visit um advice and the, and it's particularly to cracker because you know that's the thing with cracker and we haven't i don't know if we really talked about this on the show that much but cracker hasn't cracker came in and i think this is actually where you and i might disagree cracker came in with a lot of hype that she was gonna be like katia level uh like she was gonna be the next katia and I feel the show wanted her to be the next Katya. And everyone should understand us listening. I do like literally 17 shows about this fucking goddamn RuPaul's Drag Race. So if I'm repeating something I've said in the show already, I'm sorry. Okay? Because I talk about this everywhere. But. Literally everywhere. Yeah, seriously. I, I was in the corner today just shouting at cars as they came up the freeway. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is, is that like the difference is actually. Cracker is very similar to Katya, and I'll tell you how. Oh, God, this is going to get so good. Katya is not... Katya was not on season seven, I'll say. Let's just say season seven. I won't even go to All-Stars 2. On season seven, Katya was not a very strong performer in the competition. She was okay. She wasn't horrible. She had some good moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, if you were just to look at her, the competitor... Like, in other words, I don't think that RuPaul and the judges made a poor decision sending her home when they did, based on what you see in the competition. In fact, um, I know someone who who knows someone who knows an editor at RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was talking to my friend, and I said, you know, if I ever got a chance to talk to this person... They would think, you know, because this, this friend was telling me that the editor is very protective, you know, and very knows that there's fans who want to get information and whatnot. And I said, you don't understand something. If I were to talk to an editor at RuPaul's Drag Race, I have zero desire to know what happens this season. As anyone who listens knows, I already know what happens this season. Uh, the rumors for this episode were right on the money. In fact, if anything, what the people who do follow the rumors should know is this has been predicted forever. Then there was new rumors that came in, and that was completely false. So it, it seems to be this season, stick to the tried and true, stick to the old rumors, okay? So I already know who's going home, when when they're going home, what's going on. I don't need to know that shit. I don't care, right? What I care about, like, this would be my question to an editor of RuPaul's Drag Race. Because this is what I think happened with Katya. And then we're going to get to Miss Cracker in a second. It is important, believe it. It all comes full circle. If I would tell the editor, I would say, listen, because this is what I think happened, is you have the producers who are there on a day-to-day basis, you know, and they're seeing the competition and then RuPaul's getting reports and RuPaul sees what she sees and all this stuff. But if you're on the ground, you're just seeing Katya do her thing in the competition. And then at the end of the competition, they deliver all this footage uh, from the workroom, from the competition, from the runway, but from the confessionals, they deliver it to the editors. And the editors have to piece together and make a story out of all this information and all this data that they have, right? And that's sort of the job of the editor. That's where they are sort of brilliant, you know? Basically, the crew right now is just basically a documentarian. 
and they have to uh, see what they see on the ground. And with Katya, I think what happened was competition-wise, she did how she did. So they sent her home when she did. And then the competition's over, and they get it, the data, and they go, oh, fuck. This This bitch was the narrator of the season. And America's going to, America, facts are facts. And they're going to fall in love with her. And they realized she was a superstar in those confessionals. But they had no clue. No one knew this. Like, yeah, I'm sure the producers were like, oh, she's really great and really awesome. But it's something when you're all in the middle of it, everything's running really quickly, you know, like no one knew this. And then they get the footage and they're like, oh, fuck. We sent her home too soon, you know? Or, oh, fuck. Maybe it's good that we sent her home because people are going to be outraged and mm-hmm. they're going to watch anything that she returns with. Like people, people will watch her again. So let's give them a bit. Yeah, yeah, the- exactly. You're right. And you know, it, actually, I will go to All Stars too to prove to you that the editors love her. I feel in All Stars two, and we discussed this on All Stars two on our on our show. I feel in All Stars two, the way it was edited was the editors were sending a love letter to Katya to Katya, to RuPaul. Because remember, they filmed multiple endings. So there's a version where Katya wins, and there's a version where Detox wins. Okay? And we they didn't find out until the day it aired who won. No, 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 no. They found out at the right before they filmed the reunion. Okay? And I think that the what the producers were doing with that season, I'm sorry, the producers, the editors were doing is they were cutting it in a way to make Katya the person who should win. As a love letter to RuPaul, like saying, like, look, this is who should win. You yeah. know? And now ultimately it's up to RuPaul and the producers, but um that's what I think they were doing. So to go to Cracker is Cracker, I think, is performing at the same level of competition. As Katya, I don't think they're any different. I don't think they're any worse than each other. I don't think they're any better, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, and they're both in their head. You know, they're both self-doubting. Cracker's confessionals aren't as charming. They started out very charming. And I think now it's her her desperation and her, like, she's more, like, it's for her, it's always been, I just have to bring this win home for New York. Mm-hmm. I can't not win. And then it's less about that. It's it's kind of a. It's almost like she's becoming obsessed with this concept, but she's not really taking the the feedback and changing her her day to day. Yeah, it's she's it's, she's it's getting frustrating, and it must be frustrating for her and probably for the producers too, because I think she was very likable and she was a huge star of the first like two episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I think she just kind of got eclipsed by people. Well, I'm anxious to see how far she goes in this competition, but. Uh... Because I who yeah let's see what happens there yeah she might make it to the top four you know and and then we maybe she goes farther than Katya yeah but so far she's performing just the way Katya did but I'm not as I'm not as wowed by her confessionals Uh, I don't I don't think she's a narrator of the season um, uh, and um, she'll never be Monique Hart no I, I I feel and I think you can feel it in the show. You know, I think you can feel in the show. They're trying to make Monet now the new narrator, but I don't we're know. Doing fine, but I just think it's it's nice that we're seeing Cameron now that Monique's gone. Yeah. Um, 
All right. During filming with Michelle and Ross, Eureka has no recollection of season six. Cracker is in her head, and Asia impresses the directors and Cameron Cameron repeatedly, oh, isn't that weird, flubs her lines. I've never experienced a place where where people embraces all kind of people. My whole life, I've, my whole life, I've been wrong about gay people. What is it? I've been wrong about gay people and drag queens. My whole life, I've been wrong about gay people and drag queens. All right, what was your what were your thoughts, Evan, on um, the performances in the during the filming? Just strictly during the filming, what we saw during the filming. What were your, what was your take on how people were performing? Um, quickly, uh, Eureka's recollection of season five was Ivy Winters, but anyway. Um, oh, you're right. Why did I think in my head that Ivy Winters was season six? Well, that's, that's, girl, this is why, even <laughs> though you think Dean Martin sang That's Amore, <laughs> you do are able to correct me and remember that Ivy Winters is season five. Thank you. Ivy, yeah, I have my note says, good for Ivy Winters. People are like looking her up right now. Um, so I I actually thought that Cameron was very funny. And like, she made me laugh out loud during these like filmings. Mm-hmm. But I think you could tell, I mean, you knew the writing was on the wall for it. Um. Yeah, I my only major thought was that I feel like Michelle Visage and um, um, what's his name? Ross Matthews. Ross. I keep wanting to say Carson Ross. Um, Ross Matthews. I thought they were like a a good like duo to be doing this. Sometimes you have some like random like guest judge, or it was good that the two of them were ones directing this. Um, but yeah, I, nothing. You could tell they were there for a long time. Michelle was like, I I, I want this to be over. I'm done. I love that um, RuPaul doesn't... Remember, RuPaul used to do it. First, RuPaul would just do it alone. Then RuPaul was joined by Michelle. And now just RuPaul's like, fuck this shit. I'm not do all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to, like, Le Pancotidian over there on uh, Melrose and yeah, go get my fucking baguette and coffee and sit there. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Um, it was... Uh, I've got nothing. Yeah, I've got nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Cracker was in her head while they were filming it. Because there was one point where she was fine, and then she just stopped and apologized. Yeah. And and she apologized. And, like, I mean, which is probably what I would, again, that's probably what I would do. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm taking up so many people's time. And, like, I know I know my lines. Just stop. You did it right. Well, she said, you did it right once, Cracker. You can do it, like, do it again. I wonder, like, how the sh- I wonder how the show works. Because they made it seem like once they decided on those scripts who was going to play who that everyone was stuck in those roles but Cameron why didn't Cameron go like you know what there's a lot going on here I'm going to swear you can do this later but early on why didn't Cameron go you know what like Cameron should have like switch like early early on like right when she read the script gone you know what I can't because Aquaria clearly wanted the bigger role right um, find someone to switch the role with early on. Why did they stick to that? I wonder if they had to or not. What if they had to, or if they just remember what happened when they swapped roles in Shakespeare and how that worked? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So um, yeah, so uh, Cracker was in her head. A- Asia was really good. I will say, I was surprised. I didn't expect Asia to be that good during the the competition. And wh- why do you think? Because how is Eureka pulling out a "You Got Me" gal at the end of the episode? But doesn't know about Ivy Winters. I think she did. I just didn't think she knew how to say it right. I don't know. She also didn't know how to f- fire a fake hairdryer gun. So God <laughs> knows what's going on with that girl's head. What was she doing? She was like she was like poking somebody. 
It's elimination. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, when they cut to her, though, like, as the like drag queen at Hamburger Mary's, I scream because you know that's her like on a normal night. <laughs> well, she actually kind of looks like the Hamburger Mary's um, <laughs> logo. It's a big, it's a big fat pig like Eureka, <laughs> and it, like they, they was well cast. It's elimination day and the girls are scared of getting old and Aquaria learned a lot from Amanda Lepore. While discussing their dating lives, Asia O'Hara shared a story from her past. Because, girl, when I very first became a full-time cast member where I worked, I was dating this um, boy. I won't even call him a guy. This boy. Child, yeah. Yes. And he broke up with me, like, via text message. And I'm going to add another layer to it. And he was also a drag queen. He came to the club that night, and I'm telling you, the girls in the show, and I'm not exaggerating, oh, yeah. chased him out of the club with a baseball bat. Yes, they was like, no, you're not going to just come up in here and sit on the front row with this bitch job. After, no, get up, up out of here. Everything happens for a reason. But at that point, I was like, bitch, these mother men and wigs in here really do care about me. Girl, they do. Right. All right, Evan Ayers, what did you think about the Elimination Day conversations? You know, one of the things that we, we learn on this on every season is that, um, uh, that you know, that as the, the show, the cast dwindles down, uh, the conversations get harder and harder. Harder for, harder because they've, it's harder to get you content or harder just for them to yeah because they're, they're, I mean it's fewer people having conversations so it's fewer information for them to pull from right mm-hmm. um yeah well I mean so Asia's conversation was triggering because I had a boyfriend in college once break up with me via text and then show uh-huh. up to my birthday party two mm-hmm. hours later mm-hmm. so that was fun um yeah I don't know what they they aired they sent this clip out before the episode aired, mm-hmm. so I'd seen it. I was surprised they even put it in, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the, I think the the point of it is just to, like kind of highlight like the sense of community that drag kind of like creates. Mm-hmm. I was actually more um, I made note of it. I was really really uh, kind of interested or intrigued by Monet Exchange saying how she wanted drag to be her job for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty fucking cool because again, like years, like not just not just because of this show, but you know, this show it allows that for these queens to potentially be drag queens for the rest of their life if they want it, depending on the longevity of if it stays on this track or you know. Um, but that was kind of cool, and I literally wrote, "I love this show." Do you think though that drag is going to remain this popular forever? Um, I, I don't think drag's ever going to go away. But, will the, the phenomenon of drag race stay around forever? I'm sure it won't. I'm sure people will get tired of it. But mm-hmm. I think as long as there are gay bars and as long as there are, you know, pride parades and as long as there are straight girls that drag bingo on mm-hmm. a set Sunday morning, there will be drag queens. So it's cool that in theory it could be a, a full-time gig. Now let me ask you a different question. What do you what do you worry about or feel? What how do you, how do you feel things are with about getting old? Um. Well, I don't. I'm not afraid of it because I, I I can't like be afraid of something that I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm in that phase. I think I don't know who said it, but Rika was like the difference between 18 and 27 is like profound. Mm-hmm. I'm 26 and I'm like seeing the you know the consequence. Like at my job now, I'm a lot more stationary than I used to be. The eating habits are not terrible, but 
Um, I've definitely like noticed that the, my body just like doesn't bounce back as easily. Yeah, we can, fr- we can hear it after you, when you do the show and you're constantly burping. Am I burping now? Go on. Was, am I burping now? Just go go on. Continue on. I'm no, I do not. Um, I'm not afraid of getting old. I'm very excited for thirty, and mm-hmm. I mean, I just I think it's like taking care of yourself is important, but I'm not afraid of it. No, I'm older than you. Do you have any questions for me as a person who is ahead of you in this race called life? Where did it all go wrong? Well, you know, I'll tell you this. You know, I went with a friend who's my age. We went to go see a play called Hamilton. right? Mm -hmm. And we went to dinner beforehand. And on the way over, he was like, oh, my God, girl, I've been having the worst stomach problems. Right. And I'm like, bitch, you do not need to tell me about stomach problems in fact and so all the way over when we were to the meeting point he and i spoke on the phone about stomach problems then at dinner we were talking about stomach problems and it was a certain point i'm all bitch this is called getting older like your body yeah. just can't handle the same foods you used to eat and the faint the same amount of alcohol you used to drink like for me like i can't eat too late or i'll get super sick like, your body just slowly starts breaking down. Like, I'm still... I'm at a stage now if I just watch what I'm doing. Like, I'm young enough still for that. Like, I gotta start taking care of myself. But yeah, I'm starting to see, like, oh, it's... Like, right now, like, you hear, like, at your age, oh, you better start taking care of yourself. And you're like, yeah, whatever, right? I'm at the age now where, like, I'm losing time on that. And if I don't start taking care of myself, it's gonna really, really... I'm gonna, it's gonna come back to haunt me in a, much sooner than I think it will. Right. So I know what they're talking about. It's just like, like DragCon, it took me, like, I could barely walk after DragCon. And the next day I was just exhausted. And I, and I, and I don't, and I don't think it's out of my, what kind of physical shape I'm in because my, you know, I was with the Mattel sisters and, you know, they're just a tad younger than I am. And they were also exhausted the next day and they're in great physical health, you know? And so, uh, I think it's just, as you get older, your body just can't handle as much. I don't, I don't know how anyone physically can do drag con more than a day. I, I really imagine don't. The queen, imagine the queens that did that for three days straight. Yeah. And they stand it's there nuts. in heels. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. I'm, my, my, also, my thoughts on getting old too, it's, I'm physically, it's less profound, but for me, it's just what I have the energy for. And an example mm-hmm. that relates to the show uh, Miss Cracker was here in DC a couple weeks ago and like all week, like we were, you know, we were leading up to it. We were all so pumped. Like we were going to go, like we were just so excited. And then like the day of we're like, you know what? It is going to be so crowded. It is going to be packed to the wall. It's going to be, it's going to be hot. It's going to be mm-hmm. smelly. I'm going to have to f- kick some 14 year old twink out of my way to get my mm-hmm. double gin and tonic. I don't want to deal with that. And, and you know, four two years ago maybe even like i would be willing to put up with that to like see oh yeah oh miss cracker i would know oh. I, I i'd be punching myself in the face for not for not doing that and now we were i was literally like i would rather not see miss cracker and have a quiet peaceful evening oh just so that, wait till you hit your 30s i have this oh, saying yeah. i coined trademark joe batanz that before you hit your 30s all you can do is think about how you can get out of the house but after 30 or so in your 30s all you can think about is how you're going to get back home. Like, yeah. you know, when you're out, you could be having a good time, but you're thinking like, oh, my bed's going to be so amazing. And one of the things my friends and I will talk to each other about and text each other about, like, when, like, 
when you the older you get, like you're ex- so excited to go to bed early. Which when you were younger, you would that would sound like the most horrifying thing to me. But like, yeah, if like I generally go to bed around eleven thirty or midnight. But if I go to bed like at nine, I am so fucking stoked. I'm probably stoked at the same way I I was when I was eighteen. And I stood up till three in the morning. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, I went to bed at nine. Yes, you notice, yeah, I noticed that too with. Like, at, like working in an office on Mondays when you come back and everyone asks how your weekend was, mm-hmm. you can always tell who's like in that age range where it's like, well, what'd you do this weekend? And the thrill of saying nothing, oh. I didn't do anything. It's like, oh my God, that's so great. Like, I'm yeah. so jealous. You know, like, you, and then, you know, some like 21 year olds like, oh my God. So, so you're sort of in right. the middle there. So when, when you're here in Los Angeles, where are you going to want to fall on this? I'll be, I'll be a solid seven and a half, eight. Because I'm, for me, it's because it's out of like in terms of energy of like, I'm going to want to do stuff because I'm like, this is not a normal thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very much for like, let's do stuff. Let's make the most of my time here. But I think making the most of my time somewhere is also knowing when a, when it's like, okay, just to chill. Like, I don't yeah. have to, I don't wake up at 180 like percent all the time. Well, like, also, I like, and it, I think we're going to meet in the middle because I'm going to want to rally because you're in town. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, um, so like I'll be going out way more than I usually ever, ever, ever would, you know? And so, uh, that's going to be a thing. All right. This week on Patreon, we had a few, we had a few actually four hour long live shows, a revealing rumor mill writer Garrett Schlichty joined us on Rulaska thoughts and on RuPaul radio today. Actually, we educated the children with a brief review of the history of gay music this week. Jake Dupree from the Kitty kitty girl video and also known as glitter fantasy unicorn joins us over on Rulaska thoughts. And, uh, Evan and I will discuss all the latest drama on the rumor mill. And also, as we learned at some point very soon, I'm going to post those videos from uh, Dragcan uh, over on uh, Patreon. Anyway, <laughs> to hear all of these episodes and more, join at the join a, at the one or two dollar level uh, over at patreoncom slash recap. That's patreoncom slash recap. You know what, Evan? I'll let you repeat it. Okay, the Patreon bit. Yeah. All right. This week on no, Patreon. No, 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 no. Just the, oh. that's that's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Okay. Well, that's patreon.com slash drag race recap. All right. Now it's time for the looks. Look at the. <laughs> All right, Evan. This week, the look was glitter. I'm not glitter fantasy unicorn. <laughs> God, it was silver foxy lady was the the theme for this. It was the category is silver foxy lady. Not that many looks to discuss. What were your thoughts here on the looks? You know what? Because it wasn't that many. You can go through each one. Okay. So first of all, RuPaul was definitely breast and show this week. She looked <laughs> so amazing. She was pat. She robbed a couch and then a lazy boy chair as well. Yeah. You notice how like how thick she was? She looked incredible. Her makeup was so snatched. I was I like I live across from this bar that airs the show. 
I knew exactly when RuPaul walked out because everyone screamed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because everyone always cheers when she comes out, but she looked amazing. You know, we talked uh, about this a little bit on the show, but you know, you know, Evan and I are going to the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race season ten. Oh. When she walks out and she like she's so stunning in real life, what do you think your reaction is going to be? I'll, I'm definitely going to cry. You're going to cry. Oh, I'm. Sh- I I will absolutely cry. I cried at a newborn baby coming in the office like last week. I will cry at RuPaul. Well, if I was in an office and a baby just walked in, I think I'd cry. From f- from fright, oh, if a baby just like <laughs> strolled into the office by itself, well, it it could have strolled in if it had a stroller. But are you sure it wasn't um, Sweet Michael? <laughs> no, it was Sweet Michael's friend though. Or like, Sweet, Ma- Sweet Michael's friend with a baby? Well, he's like the he works like they're on the same team. The baby is on Sweet Michael's team. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm not gonna take anything under three hundred thousand dollars. Take it or leave. You're it, gonna sell this house today, or yeah. you're gonna love it or shove it. Yeah, you take that. And put open the key house in the, schedule and the shove it up your baby fucking hole. goddamn box, you piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I will. I and it's it's such. And I think the more we talk about it, it, when it does happen, and I do like become an emotional mess, it's probably gonna make it seem less genuine. But I, I tend to react very positively to things, and, and that remarks that usually ends up in me crying. Like okay. I, I, I'm a happy crier, and I get a lot of things. So I am very excited for that. All right. Um, Rue looked amazing. Wigline blurred it all. Um, the first one up was Miss Cracker. Um, I was not obsessed with Miss Cracker's. Like, I have I wrote snatched old Gaga Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm. I thought she. I mean, I like that she interpreted this as I'm gonna age and I'm gonna be fabulous doing it um i don't know why i can't like shake that she looks like lady gaga to me do you see that at all or am i just obsessed with lady gaga no i see the lady gaga especially in that ep- like in that one yeah yeah so that was her um let's see asia o'hara was next um only thing i could say about asia was that i'm surprised they didn't read her more for wearing those shoes because i know oh, like, yeah i mean she was very smart and i don't again i from from doing the show or thinking about how knowing how long the the, the judging takes, mm-hmm. I like I I'm more apt to look for things like that because she did it before with the Tweety Bird thing where she could be untucked, and in this case it was very easy to stand in those Rock the Yard slippers. Um, so if uh, RuPaul was breast in show, Monet Exchange was second breast. Um, I really liked how campy this look was for her, and the bit where she says I don't have health insurance, so. Her realistic take on this was very funny to me. Um, I will say, I thought it was very like, silly on her part. I think Rue actually mentioned it. She got all that compl- all that you know, praise for that one wig that she had when she before she started doing drag, and she still didn't wear like anything close to that on the runway. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Okay. Uh, Aquaria came out looking. I wrote, "Holy hell, fierce older ladies of New York City." I know these ladies. Yeah, I want to be like that when I'm older. Um, but very much, she, like, I mean, she looked, I guess, kind of, it was, I, I definitely understood the critique of Aquaria on, on this look uh, for kind of not being accurately to what she looked like in 50 years. But it's very obvious that RuPaul loves Aquaria because I feel like he's not making excuses for her, but he made a good point where, RuPaul said, I want to look like how I look now in 50 years. And so I definitely can see where Aquaria was trying to say that she's not planning on aging anytime soon. But I thought it was a good look. And Cameron 
rounding up the looks was once again my favorite runway this week. Oh, Magnolia Crawford? Ma- Magnesium Crawdad? Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, the first of all, that visual transformation was very good. Um, and she, I mean, props to her for knowing that she bombed the challenge and she made a very, very uh, strong runway. I think if her runway was. Yeah, I mean, she still should have been. She deserved to be in the bottom, but I thought it was very good. Very interesting. It reminded me of when Thorgy Thor showed up to the premiere of season eight and like in a full fat suit. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's really all I have. I thought I thought it was a good runway. I, again, the highlights for me of this episode weren't really the looks, but solid top two of the week for me would be would be Cameron, and my only real boot I would actually have to boot Asia's gig. Mm. So that's what I got. All right, well, that's the looks. All right, let's move on. Now, let's, let's actually talk about the actual breast world, the actual finished product. What did, what did you think of the actual finished product there? Um, okay, finished product, I, I, thought a, I thought Eureka was actually very funny. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that I thought her performance was good enough that I did not think that she was going to be in the bottom two for how, mm-hmm. like, how funny she was. Her, I'm sure there was a lot more that we didn't see. But Rue even uh, said everyone did really well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought Monet Exchange was, again, very funny. And really, not to do that, but spitting comparison of Bob the Drag Queen in Ruko's Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, the funny ad-libs, like, the quick bits. Didn't have a whole lot of lines, but was very memorable. You can tell she's a very talented actress. And, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a, a very bizarre... Um, concept again because i've never seen westworld but aquaria turned it out i mean she's and i think the argument that she's been robotic all season is could probably could be used to like defend her here but yeah i thought it was funny i i laughed out loud at oh so you okay so you actually thought it was funny i did think it was very funny yeah all right because it's just i just love what 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 didn't you love about her what was your thought it was very you know what i shouldn't say it's i wouldn't say across the board it was not funny there were like I thought Eureka was very funny. I actually thought Aquaria was very funny. I thought Asia was very good, and I thought Monet was actually Monet was very good. So I guess maybe it's really I was very disappointed in the performances by Cracker and Cameron, but more specifically Cameron. A, a, a Cracker was a fail for me, not because she was particularly bad, but just because we, you know, again, Cam, uh, Cracker builds herself up as being this comedy queen who can do all this stuff, right? Again, I was screaming at her. I was screaming at her. The whole, like, do something. Like, do, you're almost there. You're almost punching through, but you're just not doing it. Once again, I, I don't know where I've said this. It, it, the thing with Cracker is I'm not taking away from her artistry. I think, but I don't think Cracker does well with either other people's jokes, or she's not good on the fly. I think in in a classic sort of like artistic way, especially in terms of comedy, like in terms of a stand up comic or even like a, a a sketch comic, they workshop that stuff over and over again. They and they throw everything at the at the wall, and then whatever sticks, they polish it and polish it and polish it and polish it and polish it until it's this perfect little gem. And I think that's the way she comes up with her drag acts. And so yeah, her drag stuff is really funny because A, she's in control of it, and B, she polishes it and polishes it and polishes. So like last week, remember she suggested that thing with the cane and RuPaul said no and she was in her head and she was like, whatever? Yeah. I think in real life 
the way Cameron works is she would have tried using the cane and it could have worked and it may not have worked. If it didn't work, she'll try something different with the cane and then she'll keep doing it. Maybe eventually she might either get rid of the cane or that might spark a new idea that'd be then. And then eventually after workshopping it and workshopping and workshopping it, you have this perfect little bit, but you yeah. don't have that luxury on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think that's where Cameron's, I mean, Cameron keeps saying that that's where Cracker is sort of failing is that she doesn't, and it, this is not a read on Cracker. There are some people who are really good at that stuff and that doesn't that doesn't mean they're better than other people and then there are people who are really good at refining their craft and then they come up with a polished gem there's not one is neither is better or worse than the other okay just just one happens to be more suitable for for exactly exactly and so i just think cameron i'm not i keep saying that ms cracker is not living up to her potential on this competition you know again it's weird that it's it's it Unlike Katya, it's very similar. Uh, because I actually think Katya does do well. That's that's where that's the difference between Katya and Cracker. Katya would have done very very well in this competition, in this challenge. Yes. This Katya always did well in these kinds of challenges, but Trixie doesn't do well in these challenges. She, that's the uh, that's the Trixie and Miss Cracker is tr- Trixie's very similar to Cracker in that she has to have her own stuff that she works out. You know, yes. she doesn't yeah. do well in these kind of preset jokes and she gets in her head as well so um but everybody else i thought eureka was funny um i thought aquaria was very funny i thought again monet was very funny with her with her ad libs asia was very good as parasailin um it was just cameron bumble you know and i agreed with ross's read on cameron about the gloves the the tattoos were very distracting yes and that he that bitch should have worn gloves all right, on the main stage, Asia O'Hara was named the winner of the challenge, while Ms. Cracker, Eureka, and Cameron Michaels were placed in the bottom three. In the end, Cameron Michaels and Eureka were forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song. New Attitude. New Attitude. New Attitude by Patti LaBelle. Seventy degrees here in Los Angeles. Gonna play some Patty LaBelle for ya. Come sure. on, Patty! Oh yeah, come on, Patty! We're well, a backup singer. That's funny. How did I miss? The, why did I miss the um the opportunity for a? Come on, Patty! Oh, some of our people right now are standing on this. Okay, so let's talk about the lip sync. Woo! Oh, wait, let the, we should get into the hook. She's getting into the hook. Here it comes. It's a kind of song you hear in a, in a shampoo commercial. But anyway, what were your thoughts on this lip sync, Evan Ayers? Um... So as we've mentioned, we were we've kind of expected this to happen, or we've anticipated. So I, it's one of those things where I was not expecting it to rip my wig off as much as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, they both just nailed it, and I'm not sure if you've ever watched Cameron Michaels like on YouTube, like his lip syncing mm-hmm. talents. Mm-hmm. Um, what he says, like becoming like I come alive on stage versus like in real life, is 
honestly so true. She was so crisp and so mm-hmm. on it. She didn't miss a single beat. She was so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eureka, again, like you said in the beginning, Eureka turned it out. And when she started flopping around with her leg split, mm-hmm. made me feel like I should like try to learn how to do splits. Like, if she can do it, why can't I? I That's a good point. I'm sure Eureka couldn't walk for, like, a a couple days. But, like, worth it, though. And, again, that just goes to show, I'm sure they wanted to send one of them home. Like, and they both, they both delivered. So, so good. What did you, what were your specific thoughts? I thought, you know, this has been a season of very weak lip syncs, you know, with, with maybe one or two exceptions. And so it was great to be like, oh, bitch, this is, yes, this is a lip sync. This is a freaking lip sync, yeah. Yeah, and they both brought it, like, uh, Eureka was fucking amazing. You know what Eureka did that was smart, and I don't know if this was planned, is she, she really, look, okay, I'm going to super analyze this lip sync. She locked eyes with the judges, and almost like, Coco Montree style pointed at the lips, but like oh. was like, look, I know these fucking words because she knew. I'm this is my guess that there was going to be a moment where she had to walk back to the st- the back of the stage and she wasn't going to be lip syncing, so she had to show like, no, 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 I know these words. I'm walking back there for a reason. Does that make sense? You need to buy yeah, that yeah. currency to so like to show them. I know these words. Yes. So when I go back there, it's not because I don't know the words. Like. You have to see that I know the words. And then Cameron was just solid throughout. And then, like, but Eureka, man, that the, the, when she was those, the high kicks, I don't know why seeing her do those high kicks was, like, super, super funny to me. I don't know she, why. When she, when she walked to the back of the stage, like, and I, you knew that she was going to do something on that, like, that main runway, I literally sat up and just started, like, like screaming. I was not screaming, but I was, you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And something about her kicking and flipping and splitting is... Ugh, I live and when she does the like the arm movements or like the arm twirls. Yeah. Ugh. So good. So good, so good. Well, after a great lip sync, both girls were told, Shantae, you stay and both live to see another day. Evan Ayers, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, are we gonna talk about Stephen Colbert? Oh. Do you have anything <laughs> to say about it? I was just like, who did that? Who did that? It was very random. Alex Trebek the other week, you know, Stephen Colbert. It didn't relate to if they they should have done the talk show week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that? Yeah, very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was very odd. Um, some of my favorite puns or lines this week. Yeah. Um, Eureka looks like Paula Dean dressed like a witch. I don't know why I thought that was so funny to me. And, uh. This was my favorite episode of the season so far. Oh, really? Wow. Absolutely. I thought it was a it was such a strong episode. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. And I actually cannot wait to watch it again. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to have to watch it again. Because I'm going to be discussing it tomorrow. Or actually today when you're hearing this on Sirius XM Radio Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 with one-on-one with Larry Flick. I'm going to be joined by Michael Pagnotta, Sergio Kletnoy, Brittany Presley, and Pat Cicchetti, along with Larry Flick as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct this at latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, actually, you know, that's going to conclude this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Evan, did I cut you off? Did you have more to say? Uh... No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, be sure to join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. So, for Evan Ayers and myself, sashay away. Until next week.
Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J O E. B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 